We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am your host and your coach, Brittany King. Well, this feels really good and really uncomfortable as I record this solo episode. So technically, this is my second solo episode back, but really, it kind of feels like my first new episode as a mama. And I'm going to be very open and vulnerable in this episode because I want to pull back the curtains of what it looks like on someone's end that is experiencing a huge life transition while simultaneously doing this work. It is not easy and it's super uncomfortable. And I just want you to see that this work is lifelong and it's not just a place, a destination that you get to, but more of a lifestyle that you live. So I'm recording this episode and baby girl is sleeping, but it's really exciting because our nanny officially starts this week. And I'm so incredibly blessed that I get to work from home and I get to see Ellie throughout the day and I get to kiss her when I feel a pang of missing her. And it's just, I'm so incredibly blessed. And for my mom is out there that go back to work. I just feel for you so deeply because I have had a struggle with this transition and I can only imagine how it is felt to fully leave your cave, leave the safety of your nest. And I just, my heart is with you because it is so hard. It's, it's important, but man, it's hard. And that's kind of what I want this episode to be about today. So if you've been following along on my journey, um, our beautiful daughter was born 2-22-22. And I'm going to share my birth story in the next episode, so I'll get into that later on. But I knew that was going to be her birth date from the minute I got her due date, which happened to be the 14th of February. And I just knew. I said, she's coming on the 22nd. But I'll save that for the episode next week. But our beautiful daughter was born and oh my goodness, she is the love of my life. No one can prepare you for this feeling that I have as a parent. And I don't even know if love is the word. It is beyond any feeling that I've ever experienced. It's euphoric. It's blissful. It's mind-blowing. It's miraculous. I don't even know. There might not be a word for it. I cannot imagine my life without her. And being her mom is the biggest privilege of my life. Like I thought my life had meaning before Ellie and purpose, but oh wow, there's a whole different shebang with her in my life. I just can't believe how blessed we are. I'm I'm just shocked. I am also surprised at how well I've adapted to becoming a new mom. Um, it hasn't been easy. And I will say that I didn't know if I would like it, especially the newborn stage. I love kids and I just always would say that I love older kids. Like I love like when we get to age two and up is like my jam. And I was just a little nervous about the newborn stage and the baby stage. And I'm obsessed with it. I'm so in love with this tiny little human whose eyes get brighter and wider every single day. And just, it's so incredible. I just, I'm I'm surprising myself. I did not know. I was a little bit nervous to become a mom. I just, I didn't know if that was truly something that I would be able to, to do. And it was like, that maternal switch turned on. I met Ellie and I I definitely know that our souls knew each other in a different lifetime because I know not everybody experiences this, but we definitely had an instant connection. And we have, we speak this nonverbal language by just staring and gazing into each other's eyes. And it's just the most incredible and natural thing of my life, which I am very 
surprised about because I had this fear that I was not going to be cut out for it. I wasn't going to like it and there was no going back. So I'm very surprised that I was able, that this, this is how it's worked out for me. Now, having a baby, whether you have one or not, or you're not planning on having one, it's all good because just in general, like just thinking about, we all were babies at one point in our life. And even if you're not planning on becoming a parent, you have parents or you had parents. And it's just wild to think about this transition that we all have experienced in our life. And we all were babies. And babies are the most miraculous creatures in the world. And we were all that way at one point. And just thinking about that, how we come into this world as pure as possible. And then, you know, the world hardens and makes a, you know, that's a story for a different day, but we all come into the world the same way. And it's truly a a miracle. It is such a miracle that we are all here on this earth. And I think about that every single day. Now, having a baby is just the ultimate journey. It is quite the experience. And there is no way to truly prepare or know what to expect. But I will say the moment that you meet that little human, it's life-changing. Not just because you literally were a portal. You were a portal and birthed a human into new life. But what's crazy is your life will never be the same. There is no turning back. And that is incredible, but it's also really scary. So in these next couple episodes, I'm going to pull back the curtains and share my experience of just this transition into motherhood. I've had quite a few people ask me about my birth story, so you can definitely expect that to be coming up next. Um, I also have the pleasure of interviewing my doula, who happens to be one of my best friends, and I just can't wait to share that conversation with you because, oh my gosh, having a doula is the best, but also having a doula that's your friend is next freaking level. Just so excited. So that's what I have coming up in the next couple episodes. But I want to share something with you that I have been struggling with. And I just, I use the word struggle so lightly because I don't view it in a negative way. It's just like my curriculum. It's my challenge. It's where I'm currently at, which is a place of extreme discomfort. And when I was pregnant, I had some moments where I was very disoriented and I realized that I was mourning my past self. So I thought that oh, I'm already doing that. I got this. I'm already, you know, grieving the loss of who I was so I can become this other person. It's all good. Um I was totally wrong. You cannot grieve your past self until you are in the experience. You know, as a mindset coach, as a life coach, I thought that I had all the tools in the toolbox and I would be fine and I knew how to figure it out. And while I am fine and I am figuring it out, I would be lying to say if I wasn't falling on my face almost every single day. You know, it would be a lie if I just sat here with a big old smile on my face and said everything is wonderful and amazing because that's not the truth. You know, I will say the truth is the amazingness does outweigh the hard, but that doesn't discredit that it is really hard. And it's funny because it really has nothing to do with baby girl. All of the hard that I am creating is my own creation. It's me. It's my thoughts. It's all my mindset. And it's amazing to recognize that and be in this work because it does help me feel very empowered at times where I have felt hopeless and I have felt powerless. And oh, feeling hopeless and powerless is the worst. It is the worst. So this experience has been hard and wonderful. It's not but, it's and. And I think it's important to recognize that it can be two conflicting things at once. Like I love, like I love nothing more than to be Ellie's mom. And I wear that title so proud, but I will say that I miss the flexibility in my schedule. 
I love taking care of Ellie, but I miss my brain focusing on my business. And this can go on and on and it's totally okay. And I want to share that with you because I've definitely had moments of guilt. I felt shameful for for missing having some more flexibility in my schedule. I felt uh, I felt guilty for wanting to have an extra hour in the morning like I used to. And that's totally normal. So as I dive deeper into this episode, I keep reminding myself to choose courage over comfort. Because when we are faced with new information that challenges, we know what we used to believe, it's super uncomfortable. And I am facing challenge after challenge, and I'm committing to staying curious and open because I have this need for comfort. That's all I want is to be comfortable. And I remember talking to my coach because I was like, I'm just so confused. I'm living my vision. I created this vision, like literally to a T the vision that I had for myself as a new mom and a business owner and everything. It's like better than I could have imagined. And I'm so uncomfortable. And she was like, oh, you think you're supposed to be comfortable right now? And I was like, I thought so. She's like, No, we don't set goals and create a vision to be comfortable. That's when we get complacent. This is where you're growing. This is your growth spurt. And I was like, oh, I needed that reminder. So I have all of this new information about myself, what it means to be a mom, a coach, a business owner, a wife, a friend, a sister. I mean, a daughter, the list goes on and it is so uncomfortable. And I have been trying to outrun this discomfort by you know, diving into my work too soon and like uh, listening and consuming and like just feeling a little bit out of control with my actions when all that's really happening is I'm not controlling or recognizing my mind and not processing and feeling my emotions. So I really just need to sit with it. I just need to sit with how I'm feeling. You know, ironically, I prepped more for postpartum than I did for my birth. And this is very true. Like I prep for birth, but I really dove into postpartum. Like what happens after baby? And I focused on nutrition. I focused on healing my body. I focused on not moving. But I thought because I'm a mindset coach that I would have all that emotional awareness stuff in the bag. I was totally, totally wrong. You know, and it's because, you know, there's only so much reading and listening you can do, right? Like if I was planning on climbing Mount Everest, I wouldn't just read about the climb. Yes, it's helpful to understand it, but you don't understand the undertaking until you start the journey. And that's exactly where I'm at. No, I would say that the postpartum journey really started kicking my ass a couple months ago when I started working again, or even just thinking about working again. You know, I was very naive at the undertaking of juggling the lack of sleep, which I've actually got a decent amount of sleep, but even that wasn't enough to help my body restore from everything that it's gone through. Um, you know, lack of sleep, lack of structure, schedule, figuring out, you know, the nuances of, of having a baby, figuring out the news nuances of my hormones. I mean, all of the things. I thought that it would be fine. You know, I see other moms on social media doing it so seamlessly. So I was like, ah, I got this, that I was wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong because it threw me into an experience that has really helped me learn and grow. And I'm, I'm currently in a ginormous growth spurt right now. So, you know, a lot of the challenges that I faced were definitely self-inflicted because I started diving into my work before I had a plan for childcare. Uh, That was very funny of me to do because I was trying to work in between naps with Ellie. And the problem when you're working on a schedule that's unpredictable, your mind's also, well, my mind is definitely unpredictable. I might not feel creative at the time that Ellie's taking a nap. It might be hard to create content. It might be hard to start promoting my new program. I didn't really factor that all in. I just was like, past Brittany just figures it out. She just throws her hat over the fence and just goes for it, which in a way has served me, but not in this new season because my brain is focusing on taking care of baby girl. Like that is my job. Like that is literally what I am designed to do on a biological level. Like just totally discrediting what our biology is, is designed to do. And so that's been 
super interesting because, you know, I used to, I still live by my calendar, but how could I create a schedule? How could I plan for my next day? I didn't know what Ellie's day was going to look like. So instead of doing that, you know, when she would nap, I would be met with a ton of resistance to try to get things done. And truly at the end of the day, I told myself, if all I did was take care of myself and my baby girl, then today was a productive day. And that mindset really helped me. You know, at times I would find myself like just mindlessly scrolling through my phone, things that I didn't used to do, but I just need that in my brain is looking for a dopamine hit. It's looking for an escape. But I made a promise that I wouldn't be distracted on my phone when I'm with Ellie. And it's just this like constant struggle of like trying to be mindful, but then also going on autopilot and default mode. And it's just been such an interesting, fascinating dance. Now, at times, I definitely wish that I could go back to the first two months of postpartum because it was pure bliss. I was in a love bubble. I wasn't on social media. I had no real responsibilities, obligations other than healing my body and taking care of my baby. And that was pure magic. Oh my God, it was the best. But then here's the paradox. I also was eager to coach again, to create, to serve. I wanted both and they were conflicting. And so then we have this cognitive dissonance. I have two conflicting thoughts at once that are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum and it's causing a hell of a lot of discomfort. As a life coach, I felt disoriented. I was like, I literally help people with feeling overwhelmed and stressed, yet I'm struggling what the heck is going on? And then all of a sudden, kick me kick me when I'm down, right? I'm like feeling this way. All of a sudden, I start to feel like a phony, an imposter, and the negative spiral just begins. You know, this has been so fascinating when the negative thoughts like to just grab on and then they just start spiraling. And it's because I wasn't spending the time acknowledging them. I wasn't spending the time working through them. I've never experienced this new level in my life. So I have to remember that I'm a student. I have to stay open, keep learning. But at times, I just give in to those negative thoughts and they just pull me down and down and down until I hit the floor and I just feel like I can't move on. And what's happening is I'm just overwhelmed by my thoughts. And what does Brene Brown say in Atlas of the Heart? It's like, I'm blown. And that's exactly what happened to me recently. First, I was in the weeds, which she refers to as stressed. I was stressed out, self-inflicted stress, not real stress, just things that I'm causing for absolutely no reason other than just to create more chaos. And that stress led to being blown. I was so overwhelmed. And what's the cure for being overwhelmed is nothingness. I had to take a step back and just pause and just sit with what I was experiencing And there's some interesting things that came out of that because when I started working again, I felt a lot of fear and anxiety. And I guess that's considered mom guilt. And I didn't really understand it because I didn't identify with the feeling of guilty. But now looking back, I definitely was feeling guilty. And I learned that anything – so like biologically because your brain, literally everything changes after you have a baby. And biologically, my brain is like, protect baby. Like that is my job, protect baby. So anything that takes me away from my baby is a perceived threat. And so the anxiousness, the feelings, the guilt is like alert, alert, because that's all that these emotions are trying to do. They're trying to show you where there's potential danger. So what's interesting is we're, we're no longer in the caveman days. I don't have, we don't have to function like that, but primitively our brains do. And our primitive brains as new moms really take the forefront because it's all about survival. It's all about taking care of ourselves and our kin. And once you understand that, it feels less intense. And I just, you know, it felt, I felt so understood when I worked through this and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't just take a pause and I stopped doing things. You know, I just, I jumped in and I overloaded my system. And as a result, I was like paralyzed. I like couldn't do anything that I wanted to do other than just take care of baby. And, you know, that was such an interesting experience. And it still is because like I said, like, this is my current reality. This is what I'm experiencing right now. So, you know, in parallel with what I've been experiencing, I've learned that when it feels like a portal was open 
And with that portal, all of this repressed emotions and limiting beliefs and negative thoughts have been like coming to the surface. They're like bubbling up. And it's been so intense. And the the need to seek safety and comfort has been at an all-time high. And just being able to work through that and sit with it has been so fascinating. And that's really what this episode is is about is you know when things change and when you experience a huge transition like becoming a mom but it's not just becoming a mom any huge transition any sort of change a lot of times this brings up loss and it can create feeling of grief and so what i didn't understand really truly like i didn't understand because when i think of grief or when i you know used to think of grief i think of death of a loved one or like that type of loss or someone moving away and in 2020 you know we experienced grief of like loss of our our new our normal and you know the pandemic life but i really didn't associate the grief that i'm feeling now with that like this felt something totally different and way more intense. So I just didn't realize that mourning and loss is a part of the journey of becoming a parent. And like I said, grief is really misunderstood. You know, when you hear me say the word grief, like what are you thinking of? It's not always about a loved one passing. It's not always about someone moving away, losing something that you you love. You know, grief and loss, it shows up in many different forms. And I think this is a very important thing to honor because we need to look at how we grieve the loss of our friendships, our career, even ideas or goals that we had. And when we accept this, we learn that it's actually a very normal part of being a human. It's a very normal part of the human experience. Now, I said normal. That doesn't make it easy. It's hard, but it is normal. And I think it's important that we talk about this to normalize it. And this goes for anything in your life. So grieving a loss of self, this is something that we all experience. And especially when we have a huge transition. Now, becoming a mom is like huge transition is an understatement, you know, from recovering from being pregnant and then recovering from delivering a human being, right? Like then there's this drastic change in your hormones and then you have to learn how to be a parent and keep a little human alive. And then, you know, on top of that, you're can always tired. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And prior to giving birth, I actually discovered this term for this transition and it's called matrescence. And it's crazy because I talk to people all the time and I'm asking them, have you heard of matrescence? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about matrescence. Because when you hear the word matrescence, it does sound like adolescence. And this is for a reason. Because when you go from being a child into adulthood, which is considered adolescence, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It is so confusing. And you have mood swings. Your body is changing. It's very disorienting. Yeah? Would you agree? So this is the same thing that happens when you transition into motherhood. And that's where this word matrescence came from. Now, I think the expectation is that we're supposed to be joyful and grateful for, you know, becoming a mom, which definitely, definitely we are, or at least I can only speak for me like I am, but we are also, we can't undermine what we're also experiencing. We're having another round of adolescence, but this time it's for life. It's more drastic. These changes are so intense. And as we strive to understand our new role in our life, it's really important to understand that losing our identity and like mourning that is a very important step in the process. Prior to having baby, I definitely had a fear that I wasn't going to be able to live life the way I used to. And of course not. It's totally different, right? Like the person that I was before becoming a mom, she gone and that's okay. 
But in order, like to get to this place, I needed to go through this process. I need to be in this experience. I need to grieve who I once was. So I have the opportunity to become who I am meant to be. And that's, you know, child or not, becoming a parent or not, that's what this work is all about. We're constantly outgrowing our old versions of ourselves, And growth requires us to leave something behind. We have to let go. We have to let go of our habits. We have to let go of our careers, our beliefs. We have to let go of people in our life because this makes space. You have to make space for yourself in this process of growth. You have to mourn your former life to make way for the new you. And like I said, this isn't just becoming a mom. This is in general. Like if you want to get to the next level of your life, if you want to become this next version of yourself, you have to be willing to let that old version go. You have to be willing to mourn your past self because by doing that, by honoring, acknowledging it, everything you want is on the other side. This has been so profound and powerful for me because I want nothing more than to be present and to really fully experience joy. And I've definitely had moments in the beginning, especially like being present. It was like, it was so easy. Like time stood still in those first two months. But then as I started integrating my life back in, that's when shit went haywire, which you can't just live in a love. I mean, I could live in a love bubble, but you know, that is not necessarily where I want to be all, all the time. I want to be able to have both to do both. So I've had moments where I'm overflowing with joy and it's like, oh my God, this feels so good. And that moment is swiftly taken away by a dark cloud of anxiety. It just swipes over me. And I know now by being aware and aware of this work that it's an attempt to keep me safe right? Like, oh, Brittany, this is too good to be true. Something is bound to happen. And there's a word for this. Of course, my girl, Brene Brown, she is like, she is my freaking Bible through this work. It's called foreboding joy because it's like, oh, this, this is just too good to be true. You're just met with, well, what if, what if something happens? And like, the truth is things could happen. So you're you're creating the the problem before it even happens. You're not allowing yourself to fully feel the amazing emotions because you're trying to there's an effort to protect yourself. And these intrusive thoughts take the microphone. They love to be loud. They love to be like alert, alert, stay safe. Stay safe. And by doing that, you know, don't don't love too hard. Don't give too much because it could all be taken away. And if it's all taken away, you, you're going to be in so much pain. So this is our brain's effort at keeping us safe. My brain is just trying to keep me safe. You know, joy is one of the most vulnerable emotions that we feel. So when we forebode joy, we subconsciously are trying to protect ourselves from that vulnerability, from being exposed. Foreboding joy says... If I don't allow myself to feel this joy, this happiness, then I won't feel extremely dis- disappointed or I won't feel the pain if it's taken away. You know, we ask ourselves these what ifs to protect ourselves from feeling the joy in case the worst case scenario happens. And I think for me, because I had the miscarriage, I have these moments of like, I felt such joy, such excitement, and it was ripped away in moments when I was sitting there in the bathroom. And I think like my brain is still trying to protect me from that experience because it's like, oh, it was taken away from you before. Like it could happen again. And so when we catastrophize, it literally takes us away from the present moment to create a imagined future that isn't happening, but we're creating it. So it's like it is happening. And so this takes away any benefit that we receive from feeling joy. And that's fucked up. So messed up. But if I didn't do this work, I wouldn't be aware of this. I wouldn't actually be able to work through it. So I can feel, so I can feel joy and I can feel all the emotions and I can feel vulnerable. So the way that I work through this is just like anything. I just acknowledge it. I say, hey, I see what's going on right now. 
I meet it with compassion and, and curiosity and understanding. And I'm like, hi, brain. I see you. That's so cute. You're trying to keep me safe, but it's all good. I just want to feel this bliss. And I will say the more that I have grieved, the more that I have felt, the more that I've allowed myself to go through this process, all those emotions that I want, are they? I can actually feel them. Like in these simple moments, in the simple times, we were just all three of us, four, Benji too, we were just laying on Ellie's play mat and there was nothing in particular going on other than just all of us there so present just in the moment and I could just feel my like even now just talking about it like I have tears in my eyes because it was just so powerful and so simple because everything that we want is happening in that moment and I can feel it more and more the more that I work through the negative emotions the more that I work through the negative thoughts the more I allow myself to actually feel it and be there and feel and like it's amazing. It is truly amazing. And, you know, our thoughts create how we feel. So if I want more of this feeling, I have to spend time with more of those thoughts. Now, it's not just thinking positive because I have to work through those unhelpful thoughts. I have to work through the thoughts that are like, I feel trapped or I feel I am so overwhelmed and I can't go anywhere or do anything. Like those thoughts are so unhelpful helpful because I am so overwhelmed. Like that thought is just, it creates paralysis. You can't move when you're saying I am so overwhelmed. And when you are so overwhelmed, it seems so intense. And and most of the time it's not overwhelmed. It's just experiencing stress. And the language that we use around it determine our experience. Because if we use this language that I gave example of, it leads to powerlessness, hopelessness, and despair. And there's nothing wrong with these emotions because emotions aren't bad or good, but staying in them for too long or resisting them will create a whole slew of undesirable actions, which will create results, which is what we don't want. So this is the process. I'm literally walking you through the experiences that I've had, the thoughts that I've had, and how I've kind of worked through to get to the other side. Now, I will say that grieving your pre-baby life is very normal. Like I've talked to other moms. I have read about it. Like this is very normal. But if it becomes very pervasive and it consumes you on a daily basis and like you're hearing this and it's like you're still struggling with it and it's negatively impacting your day-to-day activity, it's important that you reach out for help. You know, the grieving process is not linear. It's up and down, highs and low. Like there is no one way to grieve and there's definitely no time frame for it. So if you've been experiencing this for a while, it's so helpful to reach out to someone and ask for help. And there are there are people out there that focus on specifically postpartum and mama's mental health. And if you are still, if you're struggling with it, like, you know, give yourself that permission to raise your hand and ask for help. So this experience, you know, grieving this past self has been so fascinating. And especially when it comes to my business, you know, what I used to do in the past was like, I got shit done. And I was very high functioning and very driven, but that has also had a negative effect on this new season that I'm in because I also feel out of control at times. You know, having to make a constant choice on where to put my attention, where to put my energy is it's a challenge because the easy thing to do is put ourselves on the back burner. And I made a promise to myself that I will make time for myself, no matter what that looks like, whether that's uh, 10 minutes of meditation, whether that's going on a walk, like that has been my non-negotiable. And I will say that that has made a huge difference in my mental health through this experience. But like I was saying earlier, you know, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. You know, if you think that you should be moving through this faster or, you know, whether or not you're grieving a loss of your past identity or life or just grieving a loss in your life, there is no right or wrong way. There's no rush to get through it. It's just important 
to acknowledge and meet yourself where you're at. I think one of the hardest things in this transition is admitting the difficult emotions that I have felt. You know, when we don't talk about it, there's so much shame. There is so much judgment. We're so afraid of being judged by other people so we don't talk about it, but really we're just judging ourselves. And I just, you know, like I said, it's been such a priority. It's been a non-negotiable to not have to do, you know, complete self-sacrifice. I've definitely sacrificed a lot in this experience, but it doesn't have to be a complete takeover. It's not one way or the other. You know, I'll even tell Ellie, like, I'm like, if mom doesn't eat, Ellie doesn't eat. Like I need to be nourishing myself to take care of my baby girl. And so sometimes that means that I have my food before I feed her because it's an extra five, 10 minutes and I feel nourished. So I don't feel resentful or angry if I'm feeding her and taking care of her when I'm not taking care of myself. Like taking care of myself is top priority. You know, I tell myself every day, Ellie does not need a perfect mother because that does not exist. What she needs is her mom to feel fulfilled. What she needs is her mom to feel taken care of. And that's what I keep focusing on. And that was a big part of my past self. So I'm able to take these parts of my past self and integrate them into this new and improved version of myself. And if you have struggled with, you know, if you've had a baby or just something that you've looked forward to for a really long time, and then you are met with negative emotions, just know that that is totally normal. Our thoughts create how we feel. So if our thoughts are creating these negative emotions, that's the, that's the opportunity. That's the invitation to work through them. So I want to share the process that I've been going through that has helped me heal from um, this, this experience. And I want to say like physically healing, which I'll share in the next episode, but really like emotionally healing because, you know, grieving is not a bad thing. Feeling sad, feeling angry, you know, any of these more intense emotions is bad. Emotions are just vibrations in our body. Now, allowing yourself to feel these emotions in a safe and healthy, productive way, this is the way that you get to come home to yourself. Now, all you need is to be willing and ready to just feel. Once I became comfortable with acknowledging my own grief, right? Like being like, okay, maybe I don't got this. The other blocks that I was having they started to clear. They started to lose its grip on me. I started feeling way less anxious because I stopped being absorbed by the guilt that I was feeling. You know, I was able to think more clearly and in a way that was more aligned with who I want to be. So I think one of the biggest things is that that should, man, that word should, right? I stopped focusing on how I should feel and I just got comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. And that's been the ultimate game changer. I stopped focusing on how I thought I should feel and I just got comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Like that to me has been so important and this goes for any area of your life. If you think that you've arrived somewhere and you should feel better but really you're resisting how you actually feel. So give yourself the space and the time to feel so you can truly embrace and love on that little one with all your heart. Doing this has been a game changer for me. I show up so differently for myself and I show up so differently for my sweet baby girl and that's what she deserves. So the first thing to do is embrace and recognize what you're feeling. You know, this is the very first step. And just by doing this, you take your power back. You know, when you're experiencing grief in particular, recognizing that grief is going to look different for every single person. It's not a linear process. And sometimes it doesn't come to an end. What's important is allowing yourself to come to that place of acceptance, knowing that there will be certain situations that might bring up these difficult emotions again, and that's totally normal and it's totally fine. So first you embrace where you're at and then you allow. 
allow yourself to experience the emotions, here's the caveat, without any judgment. Your feelings are so normal and they're so valid and there's nothing to feel guilty about. You can 100% love on your baby and the adventure of becoming a parent while simultaneously thinking that it's really fucking hard. There is nothing wrong with your ability to be a loving parent. You know, everything that comes up actually allows you to be the person that you want to be, to become the parent that you want to be. Because again, you don't need to be perfect. All that you need to do is be a human. And that means allow and express your human emotions without any judgment. So lean in. Don't try to avoid how you're feeling. Lean in and stay open to it. Allow yourself to feel and embrace that feeling because that's what it feels. That's what it means to be alive. Those are the first two things that are very important. So once you get through those two stages, being able to communicate with your partner about what you need and how you're feeling is huge. You know, that vulnerability leads to a deeper connection. The feelings that you have are big and they're raw. And when we hold them in, it can feel so isolating and alone. And the best thing that I did was talk to Brian about how I was feeling. And he has been so incredible, so instrumental in my healing journey. He has made it his priority to make sure that I move my body daily. He's made it my priority made it his priority that I have some alone mom time, whether that means going to get my nails done or getting my car wash or just little simple things that I used to do that seemed so easy then that feel more challenging now. You know, we always talk about what the best part of our days are. And when I first worked out for the first time, Brian's answer was me going to work out because he knew how good it made me feel. And just that love and support is like no other. And I know that without him by my side, I just, I don't know what I would do. I mean, all my single mamas out there, I'm just so inspired and impressed because I know that my transition has been made softer because I have a partner that cares about my mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health as much as I do. So even if you don't have a partner on this journey with you, speaking with a loved one that you can be raw and real with makes a huge difference because you don't have to hold in these emotions. You don't have to feel guilty about these emotions. Just being able to talk to someone that you trust and feel safe with is a huge game changer. So build that little village, build that community of support because wow, that has made such a big difference. I've talked to my sister regularly about how I'm feeling and she validates it all the time. And she is someone that I look up to with everything in my life. And especially now that I've become a mother because she raised my beautiful niece all by herself. And I just, I am mind blown at how incredible she's done because this shit is hard. So create that little village, create that support system. Another thing that's really helped me transition is integrating baby girl into my life. I was nervous that my life was just like all the things that I used to do would just be gone. But really, I've just brought Ellie girl along for the ride. She comes with me to all of my appointments. She runs errands with me. She's come to parties with me. And the best part is now going out to dinner and brunch with her. Right now, it's pretty easy because she's still so little and she'll just sleep in her car seat, give her a little passy and a sound machine, and that bebe is chilling. And it's just so much fun. And I think that that's been so helpful in this transition has been making baby girl a part of my life and not the other way around. Now, I will say it is so easy to want to stay in the cave. Like our house represents the cave of safety and that's where we don't want to change. Like that's where we like want to stay the same and stay comfortable. And it is so enticing at times. But every time that I force myself to do something and get outside of my comfort zone, I feel more confident. I feel more power empowered to do it again and again and again. Yes, you have to make some adjustments and it's not necessarily easier, but it is so fun and I love, I absolutely love going 
out with baby girl. Like she just makes it so much fun and it's fun to have all these first experiences with her. So integrating baby into your day-to-day life, I found to be so helpful in this transition. Another thing that's been very crucial and everyone talks about this is, you know, with your partner, just making time for the two of you. Yes, everyone talks about this. Way easier said than done. I will say at this point, you know, we've found a really good flow and we've gone on a couple, like a date night, just the two of us. But what has really helped is just at the end of the day after Ellie goes down for bed and we put her to bed a little bit earlier, we just spend time hanging out and we don't have to talk the whole time, but we sit and we read or we watch a show and then we get into bed and talk about our day. And that's just been so helpful instead of just being on autopilot and just going through the motions, which trust me is a very easy thing to do. The next thing that I found super helpful is just making time, finding just tiny, cute little things to do for myself. Just 10, 20, 30 minutes if possible, whether that's taking a bath, going for a walk, reading, taking a nap, or just doing nothing. Like that has been so helpful in a tapping back into who I am coming home to myself, but also just to process everything that I'm experiencing. I love doing things with Ellie and I love doing things with Brian, but it is so refreshing to have alone time, even if it's just 20 minutes. It is possible to love your baby and also it feels hard to do everything with baby. So leaning in and asking for what you need is crucial. Like no one's going to read your mind. So you have to ask for it and you don't have to feel guilty about it. And it feels incredible. Me, I make a point moving my body is everything. Movement is my medicine. And when I do that, whether it's I go for a short run or I go to yoga, that has made me such a a better person through this experience. I have showed up more present for my family and more present for myself. And it just creates such a great ripple throughout my day. So making time for yourself, like it is so important. I find myself, if I scroll on my phone for 20 minutes, that's not time for myself. I know that it feels like it is, but it's not. Like I'm saying just not mindless activities, activities that really help you get into your body, help you feel what you're feeling and just be present with yourself instead of stimulated by things outside of yourself. And then the last thing that I find to be the most important is embracing the small magical moments. Now, I was laughing about this when I pull affirmation cards for Ellie because, you know, I pulled an affirmation card for her and I read her affirmations. But the affirmation card I pulled for her was like, I am mindful or I am present. And I was like, babies, if what there's one thing that babies are really good at, it's truly being in the moment because that's all they know. They are so present. Whether, you know, it's just a massive blowout in their diaper or just staring into your eyes with the most love you have ever felt in your life, there is nothing better than those small magical moments because I know one day I'm going to look back and miss them so much. There is nothing better than holding sweet baby girl on my chest with her little legs in a froggy pose balled up against me. Like that is magic to me. And I think if you can soak in those moments, it fuels the hard ones. Like the hard ones don't even exist in those moments because there is nothing better than that embrace. You know, I talked about when we were all just laying on the play mat and just like giggling and holding each other and laughing. Like those are the moments that you can't just, they don't, you just have to be in them. You can't try to recreate them because there's never going to be another moment like that that passes by. There's going to be another day that she is exactly who she is today because tomorrow she's going to be growing a little bit more. So being able to embrace these small magic moments have been everything. And I think that it has helped me really step into this new version of myself and allow my past self to quote unquote die. I know that sounds so aggressive, but really this is the ultimate, (laughs) this is the ultimate ego death. And I'm, I can giggle about it. I can let it go because I truly am 
facing forward with my arms wide open and embracing this unknown, this uncertainty and, and loving it. I am in this place of loving it. And I've, and I'm only here because I've allowed myself to feel the difficult emotions that have come up through these thoughts that I've had. And I'm just feel so empowered every step of the way. So Ellie is almost four months now. And I would say that we have beautifully and imperfectly have adapted to our new normal and we love it. Like we truly are just like, there was, you know, this growth period and it was very discombobulating. And now we both love it. We have found this flow. We've asked for help. We've embraced where we're at and it really has helped us just establish this new normal um, with, with so much compassion and love. I can't imagine my life before Ellie. But of course, there are still moments where I miss the freedom and the flexibility of the past, but I wouldn't change it for the world. There are moments that I'm like, will I ever experience this feeling ever again? And then there's moments where I'm like, what is going on? And I just learned that it's totally fine. And I learned to embrace it moment by moment, feeling by feeling. I am so grateful that I get to learn from my sweet baby girl how to truly be in the moment because time is flying by and I really, I don't want to miss a second of it trying to resist or avoid or suppress these emotions. So the more open that I can be to this experience, the more that I can be in the moment and the more joy and bliss and fulfillment that I can feel. And that's what this is all about. You know, it's not just about looking and acting like everything is all honky dory, feel good, positive. Because I've been able to embrace the 50% negative emotions that we experience in our life, I'm fully able to open up to the amazingness on the other side. And for that, I am so grateful. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't have a baby. This applies for everything in our life. We have to experience the negative emotion to know what the positive emotion actually feels like. I have to know what hopelessness feels like so I can experience the feeling of hope. I have to know what grief feels like so I can experience what's on the other side of it. Like that's what this is about. It's about honoring the 50-50. It's about honoring these negative emotions so we can live and feel all of what it's like to be a human. And it makes those feel-good emotions feel 10 times more powerful than when we try to manufacture them with distractions or things that we usually use to, to numb out or avoid. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I wasn't planning on it being an hour, but I just started flowing and I just, oh, it just, it feels so good to be back in this space and sharing my experience and pulling back the curtains of this work because I'm a lifelong student and a lifelong teacher of this and it will never stop. And I'm so excited to help others through this experience as well. So if you've listened to this episode and you are a mama and you have transitioned to motherhood, I would love to know um, what has helped your transition. I just am so into this right now because I'm just, you know, in, in the, I'm, I am in it. I am so in it. So I just love hearing from other moms of what has helped them. So if this episode was helpful to you or you know someone that would benefit from it, please send it their way. Just wanted to send you so much love for taking the time to listen to this episode. As always, I just appreciate your time and I know how precious it is. And the fact that you took an hour to listen to this just means the absolute world to me. So my friend, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day and remember to love yourself, own your happiness, feel those emotions and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.